Et hi Jean-Bernard. Hey, hi Vincent, good to talk to you. I'm very happy to be here. Hi Max as well. For the first time I interview people, you're here with us. It's just not me alone, but uh, we are two. Yeah, happy to be here today with the two of you. So yeah, indeed, it's the first time we do that. So super happy about it. Welcome to a new episode of the Better Teams podcast. Vincent here, I am product manager at Antivals, a consultancy company helping you building better teams through training sessions, workshops, coaching and interim management. You can find everything we do on our website, antivals.com. Today, I'm really happy to introduce you to Jean-Bernard Pain. Jean-Bernard has got many years of experience as a product owner and he loves being in this position. Max and I have known Jean-Bernard for a while now, and I could have told you to trust me when I say he is incredibly good and passionate, but now I'm glad that you're going to be able to listen to him firsthand. In this episode, we will discuss the role of a product owner and what challenges you have to overcome in this position. Jean-Bernard will share good practices based on his experience and also traps to avoid. We'll also discuss how to coach your team to become better, improve ways of working, enhance everyone's satisfaction, and ultimately deliver more value and better products. Let's join Jean-Bernard now. Jean-Bernard, talking to you today about product ownership and product development, I assume that people listening to us have at least some idea of what a product owner does. But to be sure that we are all on the same page, would you mind giving us a quick definition in your own words of what a product owner is and does? For me, a product owner is just like uncommon, let's say, uncommon in terms of, uh, of way of working. In the normal process outside Agile, you have people who decide what to do and people who do what the, the management have decided them to do. And then in the, the agile way with Scrum and with the product owner, most of the time, the, the strategy is mainly to define the vision and then to share this vision with the development team and let the team develop it the right way, in fact. I feel like the role of a product owner is mostly a coach, someone who tries to guide people to develop the right elements or the right value to the customer. It can be internal or external customer and try to make them building the way they think this is the better with all the features needed to support the activity. I'm wondering, how is a product owner different from a manager, for example? What would be your take on that? I feel like a product owner is not really a manager, but inside the role of product owner, there is several, let's say, small parts inside. So there is sometimes project management capabilities. There is, let's say, people management capability sometimes. There is also technical understanding. And then basically, three main roles heavily linked in a development team. The role of Scrum Master, who is guardian of the process, helping it works with the team. You have the tech lead or architect sometimes who just try to give the technical vision, so the, the strategies for the solution. And you have the product owner who try to get from the outside world the requirement of the customer and also make sure that it's understandable to the development team for them to develop the right product. I feel for me, the role of product owner is to maintain the functionality of the team in the right direction in a direction where the team can start performing, start developing itself, start learning more, protected to allow to do mistakes, and then to learn from them and grow with them. 
There is also a small attention to have on product owner. Is there is the product owner called big product owner, and there is the small product owner. So the small product owner is mostly involved in the tactic. So when the product is a bit too big, it's not really possible to do all the product analytics and also the product implementation. So most of the time, they split this or they put a role of product manager who is doing the link between the market and the product inside the organization. So if you are a big product owner, you are a product manager, let's say now they call that product manager, you do the tactics and you do also the vision. You build the vision with the market and with the company. I had the opportunity to do both. So for some project, I have done uh, the small product owner. It was efficient and it was progressing well and it was okay. But uh, sometimes you feel like you do half of your job, so it's a bit frustrating, let's say. And I had the opportunity to become the big product owner. And then the time is a challenge just because <laughs> you have really a lot of things to do. So you, ca- you have to keep and maintain the tactic in place and continue to work with the team, with the coaching and stuff like this. And outside that, you have to invest a lot to build and prepare the future of the, let's say, big product you are building uh, within the entire company and maybe some acquisition company you have to invest on. So it became a challenge at that time. And maybe you will need then support or maybe other people to help you in the organization of product most of the time. Speaking about learning how to become a product owner, for how long have you been a product owner? And I would be curious to know what led you to this position. When my company at that time decided to implement Agile, I was just like everybody afraid at the beginning and just interested. And then it get to my value. I was a developer and I switched to Scrum Master first. The experience of Scrum Master allowed me to understand a bit more the process, the way we have to work together, the adaptation, the continuous improvement, and the really key to success uh, in the Agile method. And then after, there was a project manager assigned as product owner on my team. And this project manager, in fact, uh, was just not knowing how to do the product owner role. So he was relying on me to prepare and build the product. And in fact, he decided to leave the company for personal reasons. And then my manager asked me, who do you think could take the, the job of product owner? And I say me, just because I discovered that I've been doing it myself for more than a year. It started like that. So. What do you think were the most difficult things you had to deal with when you officially started? The more difficult things I have to deal with was to push a bit the technique outside of myself and to make sure that I'm focused on the product part of the things. This is the tricky part when you come from IT, then you you just like stay a bit too much close to the solution. And I had to push that a bit back to get into a position to uh, support the architect and our product was the internal product at the beginning. So it was very challenging to me not to dive into the technique, not to help with the solution, but to stay on the vision and on the strategy of the product. What do you like the most in this position? What is the most fun for you? For me, the most fun is the teamwork. You have a team and you do your best to make this team performing. By saying making the team performing is not saying you, you have to perform or something. It's just like identifying what is working well, just because in every team, there is always something not working. By having issue, we have opportunity to improve. And then we just have to identify the issue and try to figure out how can we deal with them, improve ourselves to reduce them or to use them to make more progress or more development. And also even for each member of the team thinking, how can he bring more value to the team and how can we bring more value to him? In fact, if you think about a good product owner is something like a product owner who is oriented to people. It's not people management, it's people support. 
We talk about sometimes the servant leader uh, when we talk about the Scrum Master and stuff. I think just all the role, the dev lead, the architect, uh, the analyst, the QA, and everybody inside the team, it's a cross-functional team. Everybody has his own value and bring his own value and need his own respect and, re and receive his own support. And if you are able to manage this support people and not the team, let's say, oh, I will support the team. It's not so efficient, but if I support, for example, uh, one member of the team because he had difficulty here, I can help him to find out a way to fix it, or I can help him to interact more with the other of the team. There is a several possibility to help people, even coaching, feedbacks, and all communication techniques. And it allows you not to be just like the, the one who manage everything, it's just the one who push and support everything. What I appreciate also in the role of product owner is the freedom. So you have the freedom to understand what is needed and to try to discuss and sell it and negotiate it with the management, with the, the managing directors, and just like trying to, to create some solution which is innovative and flexible. My vision as a product owner is just like, uh, uh, yeah, It's, it's a bit emotional sometimes. Um, I feel like you need to love your product when you're product owner. And then if you love your product and you trust it, then you just have to help people to trust too. And then you will discover that they will be able to build some things you even not imagine it was possible to do. Max, you want to say something? Yeah, actually, I wanted to rebound a bit on that because you know when we talk about product owner, we always say it's kind of, you know, the successful product owner should be a mini CEO. Of course, you can't always be a mini CEO in your organization. It depends on which you know, organization you are, how big it is, how flat is it, all these things. But I often talk about, you know, informal source of power and formal source of power. So a formal source of power is what a title would give you if you are really high up in your organization. And informal is more like influence, right? So it goes down to your personality, your expertise and things like that. And I would assume that a good product owner is capable of really mastering this kind of informal source of power. And you and I, we've known each other for a while and I know your personality and how you can make things move forward. So I would like to hear your opinion on that, you know, on this need for informal source of power to be a good product owner. In the role of the product owner, it's less on the, on the team and more on the organization to make decisions on major strategy on the product, uh, on the vision. And in fact, this exercise is an exercise where you slow down your Yeah, your ego and you leave the world to the other to listen to them and get from them what they want to do with the product you are building. And then it opened the room for opportunity saying that this product could develop the company instead of having a product with just doing the thing requested. I feel like uh, the influence you have within your management and things is just like by showing them the truth, by being transparent and also by giving them the end to understand what you are doing and for what purpose you are doing it. For example, in my main project on the last year, what we try to do is to build a Stirco where everything is explained. And then when the trust is there, then we can negotiate details, get more resources, organize the way we will continue to develop the product and also share this product maybe with a bigger organization. So there was really a good opportunity to do that. But this part is just like we are not influencing the people. We are just like showing the people that things are possible. There is a key element I feel like it helps to allow the product to develop by itself is to pay attention not to overpromise and not to uh, say that we can do something we can't do. When we have done the mistakes, like we have said, we will do that and we can't, we have to say it very early. So it's an underpromise and overdeliver. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Underpromise is just a bit risky just because sometimes they say, oh, yes, you're conservative, your team is not developing that much and things like that. So you have to pay attention. But if you manage to say, okay, we, we, we can target this. And if we target this, we will do all we can to deliver it. And if we manage to do it several times, then they start building the trust with you. And as soon as the organization starts trusting an agile team, then you start just like being in a really nice position to develop good product and to support the development of the company. I feel like uh, even if it's a technical product or a small product, something to bring value to the company and can be developed bigger than it is in the company, it had no limit if you build the real good trust with the management. You're listening to the Better Teams podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoy it. Feel free to follow our Facebook page, Better Teams Podcast, to ask us questions and discuss these episodes or previous ones with fellow listeners. Now let's go back to our conversation. If you could give some advice to an aspiring product owner, maybe some of them listening to us today, or somebody having recently started in this new position, what would be key elements from your experience of a good work ethics or good practices to become a good product owner and to enjoy the job? and have a good relationship with everybody and keep on delivering value. The first thing I would recommend to invest a lot of time on the product. Understanding your product is a key element. So we tell you, here is your product. You have to understand it. You have to dive into the product and to uh, discover what are the key elements, what can we do with it, understand your customer, internal or external. So focus on the product and then try to bring your value from the product. And just like say, okay, I get the control of my product. Then I come with the team to build together the backlog and then start grooming it and stuff like this. And then after I invest on the team to support them and then expose them to my customer to see whether they react the right way. So if I would have to start a new product or in a new team, I don't know, I will invest on the team to understand them and know them just to be in a position to uh, be the more efficient I can with them. And the best, the main thing is just like understanding the product, the better way to be able to reply to all their functional questions. And then after, as I'm a, a bit technical, I will dive into the technique to have some basic knowledge, not to be the stupid guys in the teams. Just because it happens sometimes, you have some guys who come really from products, so they are really uh, clever. And then when you want to start discussing with them the way it's implemented, they say, I don't understand anything you say and things like that. So according to me, a product owner should focus on the product, but a basic technical knowledge is a plus for a product owner. I asked you about advice or good practices, but on the contrary, what would be examples of traps to avoid? Things that could really harm your impact or your action regarding the team and the project. If you're a product owner, you're taking some responsibility over the product, the project, the organization, and the management in, in a way. You have to stay in your flat position where there is no people management between you and the team. The, the team should stay free. The ownership is the team. It's not you. And then you have to pay attention not to take some ownership you are not supposed to take. And it's the same thing with the outside organization. So if you organize a stirco and you manage a stirco, you take responsibility, but you have to limit your responsibility to the activity you decide to make. At the end, it's not you who decide. You have to pay attention to leave the decision to the right uh, managers and the right people who can decide. Because if you start deciding, then your decision is not uh, at no more power. 
So the thing is, every time you interact with people outside the organization or in a big organization, you have to think that as a product owner, you are part of it, but you are not the one who decides. So making sure that the mandate is clear, basically. That's yeah, exactly. Nice. What you do, you, you prepare the mandate, you negotiate it, and then you get the sign-off. So if I want to start a project, so imagine I have a, uh, a new project, I want to start it, I prepare it, I bring it to the Stirco already, and I ask him, can I start it? Even if I start it, I need more resources. Can I have more resources? And things like that. And then they say yes, no, or we will do like this. We'll come back to you soon or stuff like this. So the exercise is to simplify the life, to make the management taking the right decision on the right time. And sometimes uh, with resources, you, you, you try to play a bit. But if you do mistakes, then you do not have the resource. So you have to listen to people carefully. And then what I usually say is that when we have stircos or meetings, complex meetings to negotiate. Most of the things should be negotiated before with people and then almost agreed. And then after you bring them to the circle for just a sign-off. And most of the time it works. And also what is difficult for, for some product owner is just to accept to give some time for the team to pay their technical debts. So what I try to do as a product owner is making sure that all the component of the success of my product is taken into account. So having some space to pay the debts having some space to improve the process, having some space to, even if it's very difficult and we have challenging uh, timeline and stuff like this, making sure that we continue to invest in the team, in the products, in the technology and in the process area all the time. I know one pleasure of yours is to develop autonomous collaborative teams. And I was wondering, is it really the role of the product owner or is it something that you simply like to do? And how do you reach a good sustainable level of collaboration within the team? And how do you become a facilitator, an enabler for team success? That's a good question. I'm a bit puzzled with that just because, in fact, I discovered by, by accident that coaching for me is really something I really like to do. Coaching is just like helping people to develop themselves only for themselves. And just like by developing themselves for themselves, I discovered that they're also developing themselves in the project, in the product, and they are doing better things with me. Every people in my team are really different. What I try to do is to adapt myself to everybody and to get the better from them and to give them the better of me. And then let's say this interaction just allow me just to, to share with them that they can do better, that they have opportunity. And I try to build opportunity inside the team. For example, in our team, we have a lot of parallel projects. Those parallel projects are done with the entire team. So it's not one people per project like uh, we can imagine. Everybody is working on all the projects. But to be able to manage the amount of projects, we have to ask one of them to take a bit more ownership on some of them. We call that project lead. And it's an activity where the guy just like helping, showing the progress of the project, participating to the update of the status. So there is a part of project management inside and also better ownership, let's say. When we have done that, at the beginning, it was a bit difficult, but there is a lot of people who start developing themselves a bit more, just like investing, understanding, building more, interacting more with the clients. So we generate an effective energy between the team and the partner for every kind of things. And these things just like show up a bit visibility, simplify the process, automate a lot of things and free up a lot of time to people to develop and to accelerate the project. And we continue to improve this process and to also develop inside the team the capacity to manage the project. And even uh, some developers who are just like developers 
start being analyst now and start being more than developer and analyst, maybe project manager and stuff like this, and can perhaps develop themselves as tech lead or maybe architect or stuff like this. We are coming to the end of this conversation. Max, do you have one last question you would like to ask Jean-Bernard maybe? I would say if you would do it all over again, what would you change? That's a good question. A very good question. Uh, all the things I change will come from me. In fact, uh, uh, most of the mistake I've done was on the influence. So I try to influence a bit too much the people. Uh, in fact, if I have uh, uh, learned some things I should have not done, is to leave the people dive into it. So focus on the people who want to do it and leave the people who do not want to build their own rhythm. Just because when you want to make a success with a team, at the very beginning, you force it a bit. And this is the mistake I mostly done in my career. And uh, now I would take more time to get to success by just like letting them dive into the process with me instead of forcing them to dive into it. It's a great learning. Yeah, it's been a painful learning. <laughs> like every good learning. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My last question to guests is always the same. I ask them to convey a message, maybe some inspiration. So Jean-Bernard, I give you the final say. Who would you like to send a message to? Uh, so my, my message uh, would be to you two, <laughs> Vincent and Max. I worked together with you for some workshops and some uh, exciting experience with robots and also with recruitment strategy. And uh, And I follow you a lot on LinkedIn and you produce a lot of really good things to read. And if I can say some things to you, I would say continue like this and continue to share with us all those fantastic tips who can help us to develop ourselves like you are doing now, just because it's a good, exciting information shared uh, I'd like to apply uh, in my life and in my career. I would like to say thank you for this interview just because it was one of the things I would like to do in my life. <laughs> so now I've done it. So it's just like something's completed. <laughs> That's really our pleasure. And uh, thank you for your kind words. It's the first time uh, somebody does that to me in an interview thanking <laughs> us. It's, uh, it's really heartwarming. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time and your enthusiasm and your wisdom. Thanks, thank you. Been. Thank you very much. And thank you, Max, for being part of this one. You're welcome. It was great. Thank you, Max. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like this podcast, uh, please give it a good review. You can also join our Better Teams podcast growing community on Facebook, where you can start interacting with other fellow listeners and directly ask us questions that we can address in the next episode. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode.